The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Piercing Wizard Podcast. Um, my name is Lola Slider, and this week we're welcoming back our host, Ryan Willett. Hey, Hi. Hi. Um, I I really liked your interview that you did with Quentin. Um, he was very nice. And I also really liked, I know that sometimes you don't like it when I do like video podcasts, if you feel like a, like a potato, but um, I, I really liked watching uh, the interview back with you and Quentin. Like you, you both have a really nice energy, but I also really liked watching our, our witty banter at the end of the episode. Yeah. It was like you were like very cheeky and smiley and I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't always like when you when you film me because I'm being a bed gremlin and yeah. I don't want people to see how I live. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> um, I think like my my house is always usually so dark that you can't really make out a lot of details of how I live. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, careful framing. Um, so... I don't really have like a super dedicated subject, but I wanted to talk about a couple of different things uh, that we're both like working with in the shop and stuff. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about the sad things I'm working with in the shop, but um, I just want to say like out loud, like how much I appreciate Evan and, and Lily and um, how supportive they've been. And uh you know, I'm trying to support them as the best I can too, because they're also dealing with like a, a big emotional loss. So, but yeah. it's tough. I see like a lot of people dealing with a lot of sadness and loss and all different kinds of things, you know, and thinking about Alicia and thinking about Dave Kelso. I don't, I don't know that you ever met or interacted with Dave, but you know, he was another person that we lost and it's just, it's really difficult. And I, I want to try to focus on life and the positive things that are in it especially on days where I feel like really hopeless and just feel really I just feel like the weight of all like the sad things and sometimes I I forget about the good things but I just want to say that I'm really appreciative of Evan and Lily but I'm also very appreciative of of you being in my life and you being like constantly supportive and even when you have bad days um, I think it's always important to focus on the good things that we have in our lives and that's that's you Well, you know, a lot of people care about you very much. And a lot of people have been thinking about you and about Evan and Lily. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I think just my personality type, I'm, I, uh, I don't do a good job of accepting people's like, you know, care and attention and love and, and things like that. So thank you to anybody who like reached out and, and said something nice, uh, you know, about yeah. Rob or, you know, whatever. Um, but Let's talk about piercing yeah. stuff. Um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to like harangue you and, and force you to do a podcast with me is that I wanted to, 
I wanted to be able to mention to people that I'm going to be doing a live class in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I just like saying Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee. Uh, I did a class in Nashville. What? That's a real place. It really is. It's not made up, even though it sounds really made up. Um, I'm doing so I'm doing a class in Chewbacca, Tennessee. And I, I did a class in Nashville I think in 2019, maybe, and that went really well. So I'm, I'm hoping that um, some people are interested in this Chattanooga class because it's like two hours away from Nashville, two hours away from Atlanta, two hours away from Knoxville, two hours away from Mobile. So like there's a, there's a, a lot of piercing talent in that area, a lot of really good shops. So um, it's going to be the open techniques workshop, kind of like what I did in Orlando last month um, where I'm going to talk about bevel theory just to get everybody on the same page. And now I'll update on some things like needle modification and just to make sure that everybody's kind of starting at the same place. And then we're going to get into like all the open technique stuff about like the, the different practical things that you can do with a needle when you understand and you're, you're comfortable with bevel theory and needle modification and showing like, whatever marking techniques, piercing techniques and all that stuff without live piercing. Cause it's going to be in like a hotel conference room and not a, not a piercing studio. Um, but the Orlando class went really, really well. And it seemed like everybody had a great day and learned a lot. So I'm going to try to just bring that same kind of vibe to, to Tennessee. So if anyone's interested um, you can go to my Facebook education page, you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars or you can just like message me on social media or email at ryanpba at gmail.com and I'll get you set up with it. It's going to be 179 for the full day. Um, and it's going to be on Tuesday, May 10th. And I, I realize that Tuesday can sometimes weekdays can be tough, but also sometimes weekdays are the easiest for people. Like if you're a, a work all weekend piercer, a Tuesday might be super easy for you. So I'd love to have you there. Tuesday, May 10th, 2022, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Go ahead and hit me up and uh, there's a Google form that you can fill out and blah, blah, blah. And then we can talk about piercing stuff. So, um, I know that it's, it's early and, and it's probably not anything you want to share just yet, but I'm very happy that you're going to start working on some, some class content for in the future. Like the, the, the ideas that you shared with me sound really good and sound like they can be really beneficial classes for the, the community and the industry. So um I want to keep you motivated and inspired because I think your brain is so awesome. And I think people love the way you share it. Well, you know, ideas are one thing. Execution is an entirely different thing. So um, I'm yeah. hoping that they, they turn out nice. I usually spend quite a long time developing stuff. Um, one of the things that um, you tried to do for ages was to get me to, to utilize notes you know, when you teach a class, you use the little note feature. And I was like, I can't do the notes. And you're like, why? And I was like, because then I'll just read the notes and my mind goes blank and I can't think of anything. So I'm just reading these notes out of context that mean nothing to me, even though I wrote them. So the only way for me to learn to teach a class is to read it over and over and over again until I've just memorized it. And then I just teach the whole class, like without any notes, because I'm a crazy person. No, it's not a crazy person. I, I think, um, Whatever you do, whatever your process is to get results is working because I love your classes. Your PA class was so good. Um, your predicting and preventing predatory behavior class was brilliant. It's difficult to say that class title quickly 
predicting and preventing predatory behavior, but it's Lisa a massively important. It's, it's such an important subject and pairing it with the PA class is, is such a smart thing to do. Um, I really liked your, your transition class. Um, what did you call that one? What was the title of it? Um, transitioning from externally threaded jewelry or something like that. I only taught it the once and um, uh, it's currently on a laptop that has died that I'm totally going to recover so I can teach it again, hopefully. Yeah, I think you should because that's that was a that was a great class. And I remember seeing the feedback. You did that for LBP, right? Yeah. I remember seeing some of the feedback uh, in the, you know, the, the comment thread or like the chat, the chat window after the class. And it really seemed like you impacted people. And uh, it, I think it'll make a big difference. So sometimes I, I get, I get worried, like right now we're heading into APP conference season. And sometimes I get worried when I see the curriculum at, at these conferences, because a lot of it comes down from the board of directors who is typically a group of very experienced piercers um, and like, you know, they have their, their preferences and their methods and all that stuff. And a lot of the curriculum is chosen by them. And, and sometimes I worry that um, it won't be as accessible to piercers with less experience. And I, I know that that's not reality because you get to conference and you see the classes and all the instructors do such a good job of making information accessible, but having a subject that's as like straightforward as like, Hey, you're not, probably using the stuff that that would be your end goal or maybe you want to get somewhere for yourself or your studio or your career or whatever and and your class was just like this is how you do it as like a formula you know not to the point where it's like you know buy this item number but like you explain the math of like how you do it and grow it and you, you you explain it from a point of experience because that's what you did and that's how you're so successful now well I just I got tired of listening to really really high quality piercers say the reason to get better is to be less shit because that's super not helpful. I mean, it's true, but it's super not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing about just like, well, just like, just do it, man. You know, like you got it. You have to be like, and this is how, and you have (laughs) to understand budgeting and you have to understand these other aspects of it to truly succeed and everything. And it's such a, it's such a helpful perspective to share. Um, so I, I like the way you teach. I like the way you teach. You teach as someone who pushed to get better and then achieved their goals. And I think that's a really important perspective to share. Not to say that it's not valuable when someone shares a perspective that's based on like, well, I started with good stuff and then I just got better from there. Um, but I, I think it's really beneficial to say like, I started with shit and now look, look, what, I, look what I've achieved, you know, because I think a lot of people are in that scenario and not the, I got to apprentice with gold and internal thread and statums and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'll have some new classes to, to deliver in some way or another very, very soon. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, You know, don't push yourself because I think you're also doing such a good job with your shop. Um, I, I've got a new video for, for Patreon. I've actually got a, a couple probably since See, it's tough because we did we did some podcasts to wrap up 2021, and then I took a break. And during that break was when, uh, you know, uh, Alicia was killed. 
And I, I felt like I couldn't come back and start just like blabbering about piercing stuff without confronting the scenario that a lot of people were going through because Alicia, you know, touched a lot of people's lives. And Mm -hmm. so I I made that episode and, you know, it's not like I'm going to be like, and then go to fucking Patreon.com, you know? Uh, And then after that, I did an episode with Zach that I had been meaning to do for weeks and weeks. So we just kind of did that. And I wanted to just have like a, a conversation with a piercer friend and leave it at that. And um, then I had what happened yeah. with Rob. And so like, you know, you stepped in and, and did the episode with Quentin, but basically the, the long way around is that like, I've got a bunch of new bullshit on Patreon to talk about. And I, I feel guilty sometimes like promoting this stuff, even though like I, I genuinely feel like it's, it's helpful to the community and whoever's interested in it. But it feels like very sleazy sometimes being like sad things and trying to make new content that people can just relax and listen to. And then like, well, where do I mention the things that I'm trying to do yeah. for my, my career? But um, I got, <laughs> I have new stuff on Patreon. Like yeah. I made a new Naval video. Uh, You've last... also spent quite a bit of time the last couple of months getting better equipment as well, though. Yeah. I, well, it, that's always been like a, a, a progression I think the people that were watching, like you saw you being like world's most supportive partner. um, You saw all the stuff I was doing during COVID. And a lot of that was based around like zoom and like the zoom video quality is like kind of iffy at best, you know? So I, I didn't really learn how to do stuff until I started trying to do like the, the, the newer narrated things. And then I realized like, well, I have a shitty camera and I have to get a better camera. And then it was like, well, now I have, bad lights and then i have to figure out green you know all it's so whatever it's a constant progression i've been getting new stuff i got like a new setup of lights so i think that that's going to make a big difference in the quality of the videos i'm doing but um content wise one of the videos that i got the most like positive feedback on uh in 2021 was my floating naval video i think that that helped a lot of people because they got kind of intimidated by anatomical variations is just like kind of a catch-all term that I like to use. And a lot of people were intimidated by floating navels because they hadn't done one yet. Maybe they, they didn't work with a piercer who had done one previously and they were worried about, well, if I get the placement wrong, it might not heal and I don't want to have to worry about it rejecting on the person. So sometimes they would err on the side of caution and just turn things down that were viable, but viable with an alternative placement. So I think that the floating navel video was really helpful. Um, and then I made a follow-up video for what I would consider is like vertical navel, standard navel, you know, like the, the thing that's more forward facing that, that you can put like a traditional navel curve in and, and have it fit well. I made a video about that as kind of like a companion piece to the floating navel video. But I also got to post some like healed pictures of the floating navel I did at like five months. And you can see that it's like, you know, the method works. You can see it. It healed well on the person. Here are the results. I think that that helps a lot because sometimes people might post like a rare variation and be like, you know, magic. But then like six months later, it healed poorly, you know? Um, so I spent like almost the entire month of March working on the inverted nipple video. Um, and I, I made that first rather than like a, a protruded nipple. And thank you for like getting me using the word protruded because like, I didn't know what to say other than like raised nipple, but it it makes sense. Like protruded nipple, inverted nipple, flat nipple. It just. Well, I gave you that idea 
yet this week when I was at work and I was talking with a client about, you know, inverted nipples, I was saying, yeah, you know, there's inverted nipples. And then there's, and then there was a pause and I was like, outverted nipples. (laughs) (laughs) You can also say outverted. It's completely acceptable. (laughs) Reverse inverse. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, protruded nipples, you know, I'll get to that in the future, but the inverted nipple video, I really like it. I'm really happy with it. So if anybody out there is interested in any of that stuff, you know, and there are like a half a dozen other ones, and then there's all the other longer content, but that's all available. Patreon.com slash Ryan PBA on the $15 Archmage tier. So I'm going to start working on my next video. It's like a never ending thing now. Cause I've like, stupidly I've got, you know, I've been like, oh, I'm working on all this stuff. So now I have to keep working on it. But my next video is I think going to be um, inside out nostrils and like the, the methodology for how I perform my nostrils from the inside out. Um, and I'm going to, you know, show some exercises that people can, I think, practice at home and stuff, but that that'll be the video that I come out with during April, 2022. But, you know, there's the new inverted nipple video. There's the new navel video and a bunch of other stuff. So go ahead and check it out. If you're interested, patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. Um, that reminds me that like one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, on this episode was like anatomical variations. And when you have to have those conversations and I think part of it was a a message I got from one of my supporters on Patreon kind of saying that they felt kind of awkward initiating the conversation that you would have with someone. And they want to be able to say like, yes and no and why with sensitivity, but they didn't really know what kind of like terminology they should be using or how they should phrase certain things. Because the last thing you want to do to someone is make them feel self-conscious or feel like there's something wrong with their body when it isn't everybody's a different shape and size. And as a piercer, it's your responsibility to say yes or no. And, and why you say yes or no. And, and to try to develop, to be more versatile and, and, and properly like work on different body variations. So how do you handle something like a client who, who has an inverted nipple and you have to pierce it a certain way or a client who has a navel shape where you have to pierce it with a floating navel style or whatever variations. Like how do you have those conversations with people? Well, I kind of look at it a little bit like how I used to look at genital work. I think people are as uncomfortable as you make them. Conversations are as uncomfortable as you make them. So, you know, if you're struggling to say certain words and certain phrases, you have to practice saying those things. Like, for example, when you're doing genital work, you have to practice saying the anatomical names of things. You can't get choked up and embarrassed because then it it shows that you're not comfortable and that makes the customer not comfortable. So you have to be able to say things like penis and vulva, um, you know, and clitoral hood and all of this kind of stuff to describe what it is you're doing and where you're working. Whereas, you know, there might have been a point in your life where it might be a little bit, you know, immaturely, weird to say those words and those things and you might use a slang term you can't do that at work so when it comes to anatomical variations I just look at it very much like that and I think one of the best things you can do is just try and eliminate the word normal and regular from your vocabulary because I think those are the words that can accidentally albeit no I don't think people are doing this on purpose but can accidentally come off as offensive if you're like So are you doing a normal one or are you doing one of these? 
something that's not normal? Are you doing a, are, you, right. are we doing a floating navel or a regular one? You know, mm-hmm. that makes it seem like there's something irregular about a floating navel when there's not. It's just a different jewelry style. Mm-hmm. So I would try and put the focus more being on the jewelry is different, you know, yeah. so it's, it's more fitted to your body type and to your navel type than this other style of jewelry. Um, so I try not to think about it as much as the piercing is different, more yeah. that the jewelry is different. Obviously, I know that techniques can vary, um, but I would I, I just try and eliminate the words like normal and regular from my piercing vocabulary and come up with other words. Even if you end up making up a word like outverted in, in the moment, <laughs> it's better than saying, oh, do you have inverted nipples? Do you have regular nipples? That's really offensive. And right. it, you know, people probably wouldn't think that at first because in their mind well an inverted is slightly more atypical it's it's not as common as protruding nipples um so your mind might just reach for the word normal or regular for that but for for somebody that's feeling particularly self-conscious or even if they're not that self-conscious about it it is a little bit tone deaf and offensive and rude Mm -hmm. Um, so I would just say if you're if you're reaching for the word normal or regular, stop and come up with another word. Even if it's a word that doesn't make a lot of sense, it's better to supplement the words normal and regular with something else that you know implies normalcy. Yeah, that that really that that helps to say out loud because I think that those are the words that people tend to stumble on when they have a conversation. You know, they fall back to their place of safety and they just say something like normal or common. I, I, I find myself saying the word standard sometimes in those scenarios, but I think even that can be, you know, it, it puts them in a, in a place where they feel like their anatomy is not standard or not typical or whatever. And you got to realize like when it comes to navels, um, that, that navel shape where a floating navel might suit them, it might not be uh, nine out of 10 navels that you encounter, but it's definitely going to be a common occurrence. It's going to be something that yeah. you see frequently. So you need to be able to have a better answer than like, well, you're weird and I don't know how to do it. So you yeah. can't have it. You can't have it done. Um, this isn't nipples, as rare as like a third nipple or something like that, which I have by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean like one, like a proper one. What are you implying? Are you implying that I don't have a normal third nipple? <laughs> <laughs> well, some third nipples are like, like your one, you can edit this out if you like, is like a tiny, tiny little, you know, mouse nipple. It's like the tiniest it's the, thing. It's the devil's teat. Right. It's not like a, a full sized one that you could pierce, you know, otherwise you would have totally pierced it. I know. Anyway, we're digressing. We're talking about yeah. your third nipple. Your completely normal third. You're totally normal. Nor- totally beautiful normal. Beautiful third nipple. Thank you. <laughs> um, an- another thing. And this is something I don't I don't remember where I heard it from, but I'm glad I did hear it. There was a there was a point on my website like I'm I'm very proud of my experience level with certain anatomical variations because I've just seen the positive things that it can like do for people that it can do for clients. And I I, I have always really liked to do inverted nipples. And on my website, I would have a list of like things that I would consider more like specialty services. Like I can pierce your child and give them a good experience. I can do a curation and find you like amazing fitting jewelry. And then I, 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 for a while I had inverted nipple correction, you know, and I realized that that term alone can be hurtful because it, it puts that people, it puts people on this defensive thing of like, 
it, why does it have to be corrected? What's wrong with it? When, when now I just say <clears throat> inverted nipple piercing, that's it. You know, I perform a, a, a properly placed piercing on an inverted nipple. So I like to use the terms inverted, flat, and protruding when it comes to those anatomical variations. And then that's it. I don't like to use gendered terminology. I don't like to use things like normal versus abnormal or whatever. You know, I like to try to let people just feel comfortable with their bodies. And then I just perform whatever service they need. Yeah. Um, I think as well, as well as coming across as like, you know, maybe rude and not using the right terminology. I think there's also a swing in the opposite direction where sometimes you can maybe hang too much of a bell on it and draw too much attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much in, in a position at work where I just want to offer helpful, practical advice in, in a supportive, but a neutral way. Yeah. So I think that it's really, really good as piercers for us to help clients feel more like themselves and feel more like the version of themselves they want to look. But I don't take it as my personal job to try and make a client fall in love with themselves. You know, if a client is a little bit sensitive about a part of their body, I'm going to, you know, go through the service with them as professionally as I can. And I'm, I'm going to tell them that, you know, everything looks great here. This has turned out really well. I think you're going to really like it and be generally positive and supportive. But I think sometimes you can almost overstep a little bit, um, kind of like overstep the the personal and professional boundary when you're commenting too much on someone's body, even if it's in a positive, like if if someone's a little bit down on themselves, I'm always going to say, no, what I like to say is um, healthy. I think healthy is a great term. Like when someone says to me, oh, you know, I don't like this part of myself instead of saying, oh, it looks beautiful because, you know, they're not asking for my judgment. And I feel like that's a little bit of an overstep of the personal professional boundary. I'll be like, you have, you know, perfectly healthy navel you have perfectly healthy nipples everything here looks great um, and try and be supportive and positive in a way that's as neutral as possible because I think sometimes you can almost get too personal with comments about people's bodies even if they're positive yeah. comments you know mm-hmm. well there's there's almost a kind of uh ignorance to it in a way because you have to be you have to be intuitive as to what your client wants. And it's important to realize that sometimes people just want a piercing. They right. don't want therapy. They don't want an energy transfer. They don't want a ritual. They don't want personal connection. Sometimes they just want a piercing and then they want to go home. Yeah. So I, I try to really just amplify their reaction to it. It's I call it the mirror test for a lot of this stuff. It's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay it out professionally. I'll need you to stand so I can mark you or lay so I can pierce you and and this and that. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to clean. I'm going to pierce. You'll feel this sensation. Breathe with me, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm there for. And then after that, it's how do you feel? Do you want to get up and take a look at it? And then it's it's entirely what they say. If they look in the mirror and they're like, that's great. I'm like, cool. Let's go over your aftercare. Have a good day. And if they're like, oh my God, I'll just be like, I know, right? Oh my God. You know, but um, if, if they don't want that deep, meaningful, whatever, uh, you know, fine by me, gives me an extra minute to, to check my phone or, or get some water after your appointment. Well, the thing for me is like, I, I compliment my clients all the time. Like I think a lot of piercers do this, but 
I try and do it in a way that I don't consider to be an overstepping of personal boundaries. Like I'll be like, oh, have you had your hair done since the last time you were in? It looks great. I can see the colors different or all this piercing looks amazing. You're going to be so thrilled with how it looks. It's come out perfect. You know, you can make like little comments and things that, that are positive, especially with, you know, regular clients and things that you maybe have a bit more of a rapport with. But if a client comes in and they're notably sensitive about, oh, you know, I hate my nose. So I'm, I'm going to get my nose pierced, but I really, really hate my nose. I'll be like, oh, it's perfectly lovely, healthy, happy nose. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell them that their nose is, um, you know, beautiful and perfect because it almost feels a little bit like patronizing. Like they yeah. know how they feel about themselves and I want to support them in loving themselves a bit more. But I'm I'm not so naive as to think that in a half hour appointment, I'm going to completely transform their view. You know, it almost feels patronizing to me. It's, you know what it, you know what it reminds me of is when um, someone who normally wears makeup, like doesn't wear makeup. And then someone's like, oh, I think you look lovely without your makeup. And be like, yeah, I fucking know I look lovely without my makeup. Like, I just like to look extra lovely with it. Like, what are you, what are you implying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a, I can think of, I'm I'm sure it's been more than once, but I've had at least one client in the past who's had an intimate piercing done and refused to look at it and basically said, I can't look at myself down there. Like, I don't want to look at myself down there. You know, we've had like a good minute and been like, are you, you know, you can take all the time you need. I can leave the room, whatever you need. I can take a picture for you. And they were like, no, no, I'm, I'm sure it's great. I'm really happy with it. I'm glad I got it done, but I'm just not ready to look at it yet. I'm going to look at it, you know, later today, tomorrow, whatever. And, you know, so people's in that moment, I think it would be so wrong of me to be like, oh, go on, go on and have, go right. on and have a look at it. It looks great. You'll look at it. it. Yeah. So I, I think that sometimes you can actually, you can be insensitive and, and use, you know, even accidentally casual language that's hurtful, like, saying oh is it regular or is it like this which is kind of hurtful and and a little bit you know mean and and inconsiderate Mm -hmm. I think on the other side you can also be a little bit too you know inspirational change your life in less than half an hour so not every client needs or wants the whole like yes queen you know like if you do want (laughs) that then it's like absolutely yes queen but like not everybody wants that right I think I've, I've some of the um the, the kind of problems that I've had career wise has been or some of the criticisms that I've had um, in, in my career has been that I'm not bubbly enough, that I'm not like, I'm trying to think of another word for girly, but that's basically what it is bubbly, sure. girly, exuberant, you know, like outgoing and like and, and that kind of thing. And it's just not really my personality type. And it's not how I connect best with people. And like earlier on in my career where I've tried to emulate bubbly, I think it's when I've been the least sincere and I think people can tell, you know? Um, so I think just kind of reading your client as best you can and, and trying to, as you say, mirror that, but most importantly, just be yourself because clients are coming to get pierced by you and repeat clients are coming to get pierced by you because, you know, they like your energy. And if they don't, they'll find someone whose energy they do like, and that's fine. I think we've talked a lot about our customer service voice and yeah. how that's that's a skill in itself. You have to develop it. I've I've been fortunate enough where I've been able to watch you pierce people and watch you interact with clients in your studio. Like I've been able to shadow you. And I love your customer service voice because it is so exuberant and so like warm and welcoming, but also it's very professional and it's very matter of fact. 
and you're yeah. not trying to like sugarcoat it or treat somebody like a child you're but you're you know you're trying to just keep the energy up and you do it in a in a really clever way i really like um evan has like a really warm customer service voice but still it's very clinical but in a in an approachable way that's what i try to aim for is like I used to be like very robotic to the point where I was over explaining a lot of things, go figure and um, whatever, you know, now it's just like, you try to be intuitive, give the person the information they want. Don't over explain things and just be confident. Let them feel confident in you. Uh, And then whatever else happens, you know, if you have a connection to somebody's energy, that's great. Explore it, whatever. But you can't force that kind of connection. And if you try, you just come off as slimy. Um, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but feedback that I've had uh, a lot from uh, Simon at Platinum Piercing when I've been there to guest is that apparently I just say we every five seconds. Oh, you absolutely. You're well, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're extremely Scottish and you get more Scottish when you pierce people. So I'm like, okay, have a wee seat. I'm just going to give you a wee clean, put a wee mark on your ear and then have a wee lie down, go and take a wee look. I just say wee, like every, I can't help it. It's just, it's adorable. I couldn't couldn't not say it. I couldn't. I think everybody wants you to say it. And I think if you didn't say it, people would feel cheated. Mm -hmm. Um, So imagine a scenario, somebody comes in for a navel piercing and, you know, regardless of overall body shape, I mean, you just have to look at the, the navel. Yeah. There, there have been plenty of people where you would come in and just kind of expect like, yeah, no problem. You know, navel, they've done them thousands of times over. And then you look at their navel and you're like, well, you don't really have much of a ridge. You have more of like a like a, a, a rounded kind of shape to the top of the navel, or it's like a flat shelf, or sometimes it's kind of like an inward sort of a curve, you know? And sometimes I've had to tell people, well, you have a perfectly healthy amount of tissue, a viable ridge on your lower navel, or for maybe like a, a side or like, you know, paired diagonal navels, but like a, 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 a traditional center top of the navel placement won't work for you with that forward facing kind of placement. Maybe we can talk about that, you know, floating navel type style. So how do you have those conversations with people? And especially how do you tell those people like, well, no, my answer is like, you you don't really have a viable navel for piercing at all. Like, how do you have those conversations with people? Well, I think one of the easiest things you can do is to break down any barriers or difference that you're putting between a kind of vertical navel, if you like, and a floating navel, which is almost um, horizontal. Mm-hmm. So like, instead of going, well, you couldn't have this navel, but you could have that navel, you know, they either can get pierced or they can't. That's yeah. the first thing. If it's not possible for them to get pierced at all, then, you know, depending on what the situation is, you just have to explain that the same as you would for any other body part that somebody wasn't able to get pierced. But if they're able to get a floating navel, for example, I wouldn't lead with, well, you can't have a, you know, again, there's that dreaded word regular. You can't get a regular one. You can get this other one because that immediately makes it seem like it's riskier, like it's rarer, like it's weirder. And it kind of puts people on the back foot a little bit. So one of the things that I do is um, on your jewelry display, I don't have, here's all my kind of vertical navel bars and here's all my floating navel bars. They're actually like mixed together and interspersed. 
so that it doesn't seem like, oh, well, there's these and then there's these other ones over here. They're actually like mixed up together on the display. So I can be like, oh, well, if you look at this one here and this one here, you know, these ones would fit and we can pick out the ones that will work um, so that they're not kind of segregated in a different part of the cabinet, just kind of to, again, psychologically reinforce this isn't some kind of weird different navel it's just this is the jewelry that's going to fit best for your anatomy um and it's really good to have a picture handy uh, whether it's mm -hmm. in your portfolio um you know if you know that you have a navel coming in you can save you know previous posts that you've made nothing again is going to turn people off to an idea more than you having to spend five minutes finding an example of one because then it's like, well, how common is it if it's taking you five minutes just to even show me a picture of one? Right. So I would rather be like, you know, here's one that we did recently. This is how this is going to look on you. You can kind of see how if we did this other style, this more vertical style, it wouldn't sit quite right. You know, it wouldn't kind of sit how you're imagining it. This would look great. Um, and I think just keeping the momentum in the conversation going and not having those pauses where you're like, hang on for five minutes while I dig out the floating navel jewelry or while I pull up a picture of a floating navel, because that immediately makes it seem like I'm, I'm getting something here from, you know, the back of the shop that's not a normal everyday thing, which isn't true at all. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but I, I live just down the street from like the local yeah. firehouse. So sometimes like fire trucks go right out in front of my house. Um, but yeah, flowing navels, we, we still talk about them like they're this kind of slightly rarer thing. They're not rare at all. Um, they may not make up for the majority of navel piercings that, that I do. And maybe in some shops they actually do, but they're still like quite a substantial amount of the navels that I do, I would say. So it's not like this weird, unusual, rare, risky thing. Um, it's still really, really normal. So I think that piercers just need to train themselves to stop thinking of them as being completely different so that they're not making them different in their displays. They're not segregating their pictures differently. Um, they're all just navel piercings. I actually had somebody email me recently to ask, oh, I see it says you do navels on your booking system, but I can't see an option for floating navels. Do you mm. do that? And I was like, yeah, you just book a navel. You know, it's just a, it's, a, it's a, another term for a navel piercing that's pierced with slightly different jewelry, but it's it's still just a navel. Um, it's not, you know, any kind of like obscure thing that you could be doing. So I think just training ourselves to stop looking at them like some kind of other thing right. um, will help us stop projecting that onto our customers. Yeah. Um, I find that <clears throat> sometimes when I'm piercing a very common variation versus a, a slightly less common variation, protruding nipple, inverted nipple, vertical navel, floating navel, um, I, I share your sentiment in a lot of it. Uh, I, I'd say that I'm probably pretty guilty of having my jewelry very segregated for those two options. And that's a great idea. And it immediately puts a bunch of things in my head of like, I have a naval jewelry display and I don't have any floating naval jewelry in it. So that's something that I should be better on. I, you know, I I've taken a lot of pictures to document the ones that I've done. I put them on social media, but it'd probably be helpful if I had displays that incorporated some of those photos new and healed with the jewelry. And another thing that I get frustrated by is, uh, body bits. Like I, I, I don't know if, if piercers like those like rubber body parts, silicone body parts. Um, 
it's very expensive to get different things molded and, and stuff like that. And a lot of times they have, it's such a generic body part shape that it does you can't really illustrate certain things well on them. Like um, the, the rubber nose and face, like you can't do a good bridge piercing on it. No. Um, you know, the, the rubber eyebrow, you can't do a good surface piercing on it. All these different things. The ear shape is like so specific for certain things are good and not good on a, on a body bit. And I've never seen a, a, a body bit that's anything other than that incredibly thin lip of a navel style, which like you can show off all kinds of jewelry on, but you can't really fully illustrate the anatomical variations of a lower navel or a floating navel. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if there's somebody out there who makes them, um, or somebody enterprising, you know, the different uh, supply companies out there, maybe you could make some body bits in different anatomical variations that would make it easier to have those kinds of conversations with clients, especially when it comes to like genital piercings too, like that one penis and that one vulva. It's like, come on, what are the odds that somebody's going to look like that? They don't, I've never even seen a body bit of intact anatomy on a penis. I've never seen a body bit that has foreskin. So like, you know, that's a big thing too. Um, well, maybe there are things, maybe there are kits, you know, like uh, at home molding kits, maybe piercers could do some of their own. Um, you know, yeah, I'll do my own. I'll be like, so anyway, I'm just going to pull out this body bit. That's a silicone model of my cock. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't you say have to proudly much. say that as well. Like you're really chuffed with it. Like, yeah. Like you're proud of it. I, um, well, you know, I w- probably would be because I'd probably go through 10 revisions of it or try to 3D print a model or whatever. Well, no, like, you know, people could um, could maybe experiment with with at-home molding if such a thing exists. I'm sure with the wonders of the internet, such a thing must exist. Well, it does because like, you know, I told you that you can get that kit where you can make a, a mold of your boner for your partner. Yeah. Is that, are we, is this just another way for you to make sure that we do that? is we can experiment with different, making our own different body bits. And you'll be like, well, you know, this was, this was a failed tester for my penis body bit. You can have this. Yes, totally. <clears throat> anyway. Um, where do you find that line of, I, I feel like some variations on placement uh, for, you know, for anatomical needs. Uh, sometimes that, that there are, there are really significant differences for, what jewelry you can uh, pierce with, what jewelry you can wear after it's healed, different aftercare factors. So how do you, how do you have those conversations in the same vein of like, you don't want someone to feel like they're an oddity, like with a floating navel, I feel the need to tell someone if the image that you have in your mind's eye is like a dangly bottom butterfly navel type thing that you would get in an accessory store, I don't think that that's going to be viable for you long-term with the placement that we can do. It's perfectly viable, healthy amount of tissue, but you might have some jewelry limitations with this and that and whatever, have some needs for downsizing or or whatever inverted nipples. There might be limitations at least during the first year or so. So how do you have those kinds of conversations with someone? Well, I mean, I don't do a lot of navel piercing. It's not hugely popular for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I tend to veer more towards quite simple, plain designs anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's not really a, a whole lot of call for me to be, you know, working on navel dangles and that kind of thing. Um, but again, I find the best thing to do is just uh, have a diverse portfolio 
um, update it as often as you can with as many different variations as you can so that when someone comes in, you have something that's as close to their body type and skin type as possible to say, here's a, a kind of realistic example of what it's going to look like, how it's going to sit on your body. Are you, are you quite happy with that? Is, you know, is there anything you were wanting to ask about it and just give customers an opportunity to um, you know, present any questions they have. And once piercings are healed, you can completely experiment still. I mean, once a navel is healed, as long as the sizing is appropriate, there's really nothing to stop someone with a floating navel experimenting with more vertical styles. Um, you know, I think if the piercing is healed at least and they try it and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't really like the, the aesthetic that this gives they can always have their jewelry changed back to the original or changed to something else. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with experimenting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say to a client, you can't buy this, you can't wear this. You know, if it's the right size, what do I care if it doesn't look exactly how it's meant to look? You know, like if it's that's not, how so they, much, yeah. not so much look, you know, like as an example, the floating navel that I used in that video it was kind of a, I don't know what you would call it. I've heard some people refer to it as like an eye shaped navel where it's like kind of a, an oval that kind of collapses on itself in different body positions. So yeah. with that client, I had to tell them like, this is probably only going to be viable if you wear something flat on the bottom, like a disc or an M&M or something. Yeah. So if you wanted to have something that is very gemmy, you can have a gem on the top, obviously, and you would have options for different like um, adornments and attachments and, and whatever once it's healed. But, yeah. you know, if you want that like gem on both sides kind of look, I don't think that you would be able to, to fit that with the shape of your, your navel. And sometimes I have to say that in a way where I have to be just very careful in, in the words that I choose and the way that I deliver them and everything. Sometimes even just the tone of how I speak with, with it, because I don't want people to think like there's something weird with your body. So you're limited. Yeah. It's just I have to tell you that regardless of what it is, you know, the, the shape of your nostril or your nose or your ear or your lip or whatever you know like that will that will affect what jewelry you can wear viably so yeah. sometimes it's tough to have those conversations sensitively it, it can be um but that's a situation that I've very rarely found myself in specifically with navels maybe it's because I don't get a whole lot of them mm -hmm. but you know I never really get clients that are like tell me everything I'll ever be able to wear in this you know like I can give them the options on the days to what I can offer and what's going to work well and then if they come back to me at a later time with you know what could I change this to we can revisit and see what options are available but um in terms of what jewelry they could wear for the lifetime of the piercing um yeah Usually I, I just don't get clients. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't get clients that are thinking that far ahead. Um, oh, yeah. But I think it's, it's a different example. But today I had a customer who came in for a piercing and they weren't able to have the piercing done, not an able, but um, in that moment, it was like, okay, well, we can't do this. Here's what we can do in this situation. We could change to this. We could do this instead. We could custom order this. So there are very few instances in body piercing where it's just a dead end. I mean, yeah. if a client completely has their heart set on one thing and it's the only thing they want and they can't get it, that can be a dead end, which can be disappointing. And it does happen sometimes. But for the most part, there's usually somewhere else we can go to. It's, it's an incredibly creative um, field in terms of the jewelry options that there are now and the placement options that there are. So, you know, if a client can't get a rook, you could suggest having a, a faux rook piercing. Um, you know, if a client can't get a snug, you would suggest 
a faux snug, you can suggest, you know, the anti-navel as opposed to a navel or the, the paired side navel piercings. I think it's just about having somewhere else to go to so that you're not lingering on like, no, that yeah. won't work. Can't yeah. do that. And, and if it is a flat no, be there with a, a, a good reason to just explain simply why it's a flat no. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take a deep breath in and give them this really long convoluted. Well, it's very technical. You want a simple explanation of that's not going to work because this reason they don't usually heal up. They tend to cause a lot of problems. So it wouldn't be the best way to spend your money. Is there anything else you're interested in doing? Do you maybe want to have a look and see what other things we could do with the time? Because if it's just a dead end, I think people can feel quite dismissed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to be able to serve everybody, but you can still, you know, give them the full consideration that your time and experience allows. You're so smart. Thank you. I just like that. I, I like your logic to things and I like your delivery for things. And um, I know that it would be like fraudulent for any piercer to be like, I never encounter a scenario where I don't have the perfect answer. But um, like you always have the like a really perfect answer. And I just like well, listening to you talk. A lot of it is based in flaws and mistakes made. There, oh, yeah. I don't doubt absolutely been times where I've made a comment that off the top of my head was completely inoffensive, but has come off the wrong way um, or maybe made somebody feel um, reduced in some way. And there, there's no doubt in my mind that that's happened. So I think a lot of the the things that I try and infuse into my work to be more thoughtful and more considerate have come off the back of my own idiocy throughout the years. So, you know, nobody's yeah. perfect. Well, I know how that goes. You're not going to get it perfect every time. And I've been piercing 10 or 12 years longer than you. So I've had 10 or 12 years of extra dumb mistakes to learn from. So, you yeah. know, learn as you go. Um, well, I think that was a good talk. I had some ideas for other stuff to talk about, but maybe we can leave that for another time. Mm. Um, but, you know, for, for people out there, if you're kind of younger in your piercer career and you haven't worked a lot with anatomical variations, um, I've been putting in a lot of work on Patreon to try to document as many of them as I can and explain my methodology and stuff. So I've got narrated videos with subtitling for accessibility and I show the actual like piercing being performed and lots of pictures to support my theories and methodology and um, healed, healed photos to support it wherever I can. And I've got full videos on floating navels, vertical navels, inverted nipples, septum piercing, surface piercings, a whole bunch of stuff at patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. Um, so, you know, check it out. And I appreciate everyone's support and especially everyone's patience through the month of March, waiting for me to put out some new content. I appreciate that. Nobody was like, where's my video. Um, uh, I still have the pre-order available for your, your Dothra pin. Um, I got the, I got the shipping notification though. So I will have them in hand within another one to two weeks. Look at your smile on your face. Lola is very proud because she's never had her own pin badge, like her own, like enamel pin badge. And look at how pink you're getting. You're so cute. Well, I have ones that I've bought, but they're not mine. Well, yeah, but I mean, like it's, it's your idea, your drawing, you know, sometimes, okay. Now, spoiler alert. I, I am not a naturally gifted artist. 
What? So, yeah. So my, my ideas, I usually uh, pay another artist to draw them for me, like my piercing wizard designs and statum cult design and stuff. Like I, I paid other artists to do those for me. Um, but you, my, my little adult sized baby woman, um, are a very talented and gifted person in, in many aspects. So you drew your Dothra design. I helped a little bit with the Photoshop for the, the layout and the colors and stuff, but you know, you drew your design and, um, a lot of people are asking for shirts. So I think once we kind of get to a, a point where we can like breathe a little bit and we, we don't, we're not buried under a mountain of projects, we should also get some, some t-shirts made with that design. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. The, uh, the Dothra pins are available for pre-order now, um, and there will be some extra ones on my website available for a limited window. You know, once they're gone, they're gone, but um, Lola's going to have some on her website. So if you're in the UK, buy them from Lola, uh, and the, the shipping will be so much more affordable for you. If you're in uh, the US, North America, you know, you can buy them on my website and I'll ship them out to you. I've got a pre-order for my synthwave piercing wizard design. Um, but you know, there'll be, there'll be some just on my website anyway, if you don't want to pre-order those. So you can go ahead and check that stuff out. Precisionbodyarts.com slash shop. And uh, you can see like her cool Dothra queen of the piercings design. And they're also foil metal foil stickers. I've sold a good amount of them already. So there's a limited amount left. So if you want one, I would try to grab one at least before conference. Uh, without getting too far into it, are you looking forward to conference? What do you do? To, what do you do in your year? Do you get your fingers stuck? Your fingers stuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> are you looking forward to conference, or is it still just kind of a point of stress right now? Uh, I still have to register. Yeah, me too. I've done my I've done my vaccine pass thing, though. That's all done. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it's certainly going to be very different, but it's been like three years since the last one, mm-hmm. so. Um, I think that once we're there, it'll just be real. I mean, for me, it'll be nice to just be somewhere there's sun. So yeah. I'll be thrilled. Um, but you know, like in an event sense, I think it'll just be nice to see, uh, people's faces, even if it's just the top half of their faces will mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be going. I think it'll be nice. Um, and I get to go with you and watch you teach and, you know, do the do the supportive girlfriend thing which is which i excel at so well well yes but um you know i also want to be supportive boyfriend and trumpet your capabilities and your brain and also like i don't think that people talk about this enough you have a really nice round butt too i wasn't going to mention it i am a little surprised that um you know the app board of directors haven't mentioned my nice round butt um But, you know, they have a lot on mm-hmm. conference season and everything. So. Well, there's a there's a new board coming in. There are new people coming in. So maybe your butt will finally get the, the recognition that it deserves. They can get to the bottom of things. Hey, oh, look at how proud you are. Your, your pun. <laughs> anyway, um, is there any other work related fuckery that you want to talk about? Is there any work-related fuckery that I want to talk about? Um, only that I, I hope I get a lot more of it because I'm moving house this month. Yeah. But I've got myself in a big old mess where I've um, got a, a, a nice place to move to that's slightly more expensive. So 
Please yeah, but you have, here. you'll have heat. You'll have heat. Yes. Imagine my surprise when I moved into this flat to discover there were no radiators. Yeah. Well, um, I feel the need to point out that this is that elusive thing called progress that sometimes you don't feel when you're in the moment. So if you kind of pull yourself back out a little bit perspective wise, you can see like how much growth and how much progress you've made in the last year or two. And I'm very proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. You can stay flat with me. Yeah. I'm going to come and get my wolf stink all over it. Yeah. Hi everybody. Uh, at this point in the podcast, Lola and I had kind of a bad internet connection and I didn't get to awkwardly plug my seminars. So I'm going to do that right now. On Tuesday, May 10th, I'll be doing my Open Techniques Workshop Seminar in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You can sign up for that by emailing me at ryanpba at gmail.com, or you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, and you can fill out a short Google form there. I'll get you verified and registered. Uh, also, just want to tell you to save the date for Monday, September 5th. I'll be doing a seminar just outside of Chicago, uh, most likely going to be something like Open Techniques Workshop, but I'm also writing some new material uh, so for now, it's just going to be a waiting list to hold a spot in that one. So you, same thing, you can email me, ryanpba.gmail.com, or you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. You can sign up for the waiting list there, and I'll give you any sort of updates or notifications about when registration opens for it. But that'll be Monday, September 5th, which is Labor Day, just outside of Chicago. So I'd like to see you in either uh, Chattanooga or Chicago or one of the other conferences I'll be doing this year. And let's go ahead and just not at all awkwardly transition back into the podcast conversation. Um, thank you for humoring me and, and talking to me about stuff. I know that at the end of a day of piercing, when you want to just like crack a beer or watch a movie or something like that, it's not always fun to be like, and now let's talk about work for an hour. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, now that we're done with it, I can crack a beer. I got a Peroni. Yeah. You got, oh, you want to feel fancy like you're at a movie? Yeah. Yeah. I got ID in the supermarket. Yeah, it's because you're so youthful. Well, you know, this is what I was saying um, to, to Jordan, my counterperson earlier, is that I have to ID people. So I never get pissed off when someone IDs me because I have to ID people. So I would never be rude. But, you know, if I am in the supermarket and I try and like get a couple of beers or something and I get ID'd and I don't have my ID, it's this moment where I'm like, I'm fucking serious look at the same <laughs> but I know that once they've said it they can't unsay it and you can't walk it back once the words have left your lips because then you look weak so you have to follow through with it even if I have old dead eyes which I do so it's kind of one of those things where people come up to me from behind I look I look youthful from the back and then I turn and they're like oh well we still need to see it the ravages of time yeah um but no I had my I had my ID today so I got my pearly all right, quick question to, to cap off the episode. What is the the weakest argument you've ever gotten from someone when they don't have their ID? I'll start you off. Someone was like, but I have cigarettes. <laughs> it was like, okay, like a minor has never purchased cigarettes in their entire life. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if I can think of an example. I remember... Uh, a time where uh, like school school kids would come in, um, you know, because at school you can be like 16 and you can get your nose pierced and things. So there's always a first kid to turn 16. And then everyone wants to borrow their ID to come and get piercings. 
So with school children in particular at the studio that um, I used to work at, because uh, now it's obviously it's private, they don't do walk-ins. But before, like a gaggle of school children would come in and you'd really have to look at the ID because they can look kind of similar and all in their school clothes and stuff. And um, you'd have to ask them questions like, you know, what's your postcode? What's your address? Just to, you know, like spot check and make sure they actually have the information. And what would happen is you'd be like, do you have your ID? And you'd have a name booked in and be like, Sarah. And they'd be like, uh, no, I don't have it. You know, I can go and get it, though. And you'd be like, all right, cool. If you want to come back later, so they'd come back 10 minutes later and be like, OK, I've got my ID. But uh, Sarah is actually my nickname. My real name is Jane. And you'd be right. like, right. So your name is now Jane. And my real <laughs> name is Thomas. Actually, people just call me ID. Stephanie. Yeah. And that would, that, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad gambit, except both Sarah and Jane would be there. And you'd be like, this is clearly her ID. And they'd be like, yeah. Like, it's when they just <laughs> do it. That's really sweet. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, God loves a trier. Not even mad. But you can't get pierced. Um, it, it sounds like you have a lot of experience with this. And I imagine that you were probably being creative to get your piercings when you were a teenager. I just tried to look mature and in hindsight, yeah. I did not. Yeah. I remember talking my, talking my way into getting a tattoo when I was like 16 and in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have cause it was a terrible tattoo because like what quality tattooers are just like pierce, uh, you know, working on, on small children anyway. Um, so let's, let's start, stop talking about work and start talking about food and beer and love and such. Yeah. And get my Peroni. Okay. So uh, where do, where do people find you on the internets? I'm on Instagram um, at Lola.slider and my work is forest piercing, um, which is also in Glasgow. On... Yeah. Glasgow. Um, and my website is forest Glasgow.com. www.forestglasgow.com. Thank you www.important. Is that forward slash or backslash? Um, anyway. it's, it's just slash. If you want to find me online, just just don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash Ryan PBA for all your educational content needs. Anyway, thanks for listening to another podcast and I'll be back eventually. Probably with Lola. Probably with me, yeah. Um, hopefully. Okay, bye. Bye. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.